I'm just I'm just going to recap because some people may be joining and miss missed a couple minutes or they're they're trying to get caught up and filled in and you know what I'm hearing is 2017 2018 you're having this realization of okay I can work hard what's the purpose I can pursue the life that other people have in front of me but that's not necessarily me even if they're good people even if I have things that I admire about their life. It's just not, it's not my thumbprint. It's not my version of it. And so there was a bit of discouragement that was maybe culminated in I'm, I'm getting a promotion and then getting let go at that same company, or I'm getting a raise and then getting let go months later or weeks, however long that was. So confusion, discouragement, and this question around, well, if this is a reset, what am I really doing any of this for? You know, I can be driven. I can love the Lord, but like, how do I put all of the pieces together? Because it doesn't seem like just working and working hard and making more money is the answer. So you were, you were given this opportunity. What I see as a, a real blessing through loss or recognition that maybe identity was tied too closely to work. Not that identity can't be tied to work, because I think it's actually healthy because we are made to work, but maybe it was tied too closely to work. You were given this opportunity, is what I'd call it, through loss or the loss of a job to reevaluate. And, you know, maybe 2018, you're in a new role now, right? And what are you thinking in terms of like during the evaluation process? of your life, not just work. What are you thinking in terms of, you know, how you're going to do things different at that point? Well, I remember like, this is when you really came in. So when all this was happening and I didn't have anyone around me to really what I was looking for in life, you started posting about leaving wall street. I was like, okay, so he has that background in business and also like exploring your faith through this. Like, what am I doing? Like, we kind of were on that similar journey together, which I think was really powerful timing in that. And so when I started my new job in real estate, um, you were there for that foundation to be like, hey, what do you want this your life to look like? Um, and so I think from there on out, my goals were, you know, again, just rediscovering like what my purpose was and what I wanted in life um, because at that point I was like, this isn't it. Like working hard, moving up the corporate ladder, becoming a CEO one day. Great. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of fulfillment along the way of that, of course, which is great. But this whole grinding until my health is out of order. I at my anxiety is through the roof. And then for, to do what, like to make money, but then not to enjoy it because you're so miserable. I mean, that's like, I knew in my new job that wasn't going to be the case, but I, you know, in those first couple of years, like in real estate, if anyone is on here that's on real estate knows that you have to grind in those first couple of years to like get your brand up and get moving. And I was able to do that, but I had you as accountability. And I think the shift in my life is the biggest thing across the board. That's the best thing that's ever happened to me is having you as accountability and other people as accountability in my life. I knew that Libby couldn't do it on my own, you know, with God's help, of course, but I need my personality. I need accountability. I'm a dreamer. I want to do big things, but then it's like, 
it wouldn't go pen to paper. It would just be like a dream. So I think that's where the shift was of like accountability, but then also you pointing me to my truth. I think a lot of us, and after I posted that post about, you know, letting other people's words really like define us and, and have a huge influence on us. So many people reach out to me and we're like, wow, like this really hit on random people I've never talked to. But I think a lot of people are harboring this, these words that someone has said that made it a part of their identity. And then they're moving forward using that as their, their anchor of who they are. And that's just not true. You know, it's almost like I had to like throw off the shackles along the way of like, and point, and you pointed me to truth, you know, like my work isn't my identity. However, you know, like you said, it's a part of it, but that's not who God made me to be. God made me to be, you know, a great realtor and, but have all these other facets to my life, not just work, work, work. And so I think with the accountability of you coming in and me being like, Hey, someone did this, or this is how I'm feeling. You'd be like, well, what does God say about that? Or what is the truth about you? And I remember you, we went through things that people said about me and you were like, well, is that true about you? And he was like, well, then it's not true about you. So let it go. Why are you thinking about it? And I was like, huh, so easy. <laughs> it's so like, I mean, not easy, but like, so basic that I, I remember I was sitting in a cubicle. I'll never forget that conversation. I had my pen and paper. I was in like a telephone booth in my old office. And it was just this like aha moment of like, why am I letting these people rule my life when they don't at all? And I'm like, not even on their mind anymore, probably, you know? So it's like, I think a lot of people are lacking confidence because of that, when they just need to be surrounded by truth and reminded that, that's not your truth. Like, you know your truth. And God made you way more for way more than for someone to put you in a box and say, this is how I feel about you. And by the way, most of the time, the people saying that is due to like their, their issues, politics within the company it has nothing to do with your, how you do your work and how good of an employee you are or how your integrity is. It's, it, a lot of times it doesn't have to do with that. It has to do with them and something else going on, but they're pointing fingers. Yeah. So what I'm hearing too is you're recognizing in that whole process, you, you described it as shackles. What's happening is you're identifying lies that you've believed about yourself, which is lies you've believed in your identity. And when those lies are identified and you're able to break agreement with them and replace them with truth, the truth sets you free. And in those conversations, I remember during boot camp and during other calls, I remember, you know, it's pointing you to scripture and saying, this is the truth. It's your choice to believe that you're made in the image of God. And so God has a, an image that you need to understand a character about him. And I really believe that when we understand more about um, who God is, we discover more about who we are because we're made in the image of God. Mm -hmm. And so for people, I think the whole journey of what some of what you're describing in self-discovery for people, one of the struggles is they, they look too much in themselves and it becomes empty. It's without God. And the, the journey of self-discovery is really God discovery and who you are, uh, 
as you're made in the image of the creator. As the creation being in the made in the image of the creator, who you are, and then choosing to to agree with that, right? And that's the the other part is there's this there's this choice, and I think what you're describing in that telephone booth moment, you know, at the, at work, is there is this choice that essentially all I was doing in that moment, whatever God was empowering me with, but all I was doing in that moment was just going, hey, okay, here are your options, here are your options. You choose right now. This is your choice. You know, this is this is a person who is I don't know their context, but all I'll say is the enemy used that person okay, to influence the way you're thinking and the choice that you made consciously or subconsciously, unconsciously somewhere along the way to believe something about your identity. And here's what God says. So. You get the choice as to what you're going to come into agreement with, and your choice is then going to dictate how you live your life, right? If you if you live your life out of the agreement with a lie, then you will feel like it will never be enough. And if you live your life out of the agreement with truth, the truth sets you free. And you will have that freedom internally and live your life differently. And, and it will be less from the place of trying to earn approval from man and more from the place of I'm already approved by God. And so I remember there just being this moment where it's like, hey, there's this choice. There's this opportunity. And that was then on you to say, OK, this is the choice I'm making. And that's not just a one time thing. That's a all the time thing. But little by little and all at once, you know, one small decision change, another decision change, another decision change, and you end up on a different path and a different trajectory. I guess a different question I'd have, though, is, you know, you talk about accountability and the value of having people speak into your life. Maybe one of the reasons you ended up in that place is because you were unconsciously giving too much authority to certain people to speak into your life up until that point. And so you were you were then looking for different people to speak into your life, but maybe cautious about who those people would be because you'd realize the damage that can happen if you have the wrong people speaking, right? And and it's not necessarily just right or wrong people. It's also like, do I give God authority to speak into my life first and last? So no matter who it is, because we're all susceptible to fail, you know, do I give God ultimate authority as the dominating voice in my life? So that's just a nugget for somebody listening. Bye. There is some discernment between who are the right people to give permission. As you were thinking about maybe your different um, ways of approaching this problem of question of purpose, direction, fulfillment, how you navigate all of this, put the pieces together, you know, it sounds like you'd tried a few different things. Maybe there were mentors that called you. Maybe you had uh, small groups, podcasts, books, I mean, journaling. So what was it that for you... You know, you, you talked about maybe I had some anxiousness, anxiety. I know you've talked about that on the podcast in the past. So you're, you're struggling with all these questions. Maybe it's affecting your health. You're starting to realize you're losing direction. You, you, you know you're going to work hard in life, so that's not the question. It's just more like I'm not really motivated and clear on what this is all for. What other things were you considering at the time to try and like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, resolve this, this lack of contentment? Well, I think this actually brings me back to sophomore year in college because 
Um, I didn't really get serious about my faith until then. Um, and I see a lot more of that back then that I learned to not do in 2018. Um, and if we back backtrack to college, it was, you know, doing everything you can to fulfill happiness or um, talking to anyone that would talk to me. Um, and then I, I realized that the Lord is the only thing that's going to give me truth and healing. So granted, a lot of podcasts, people who are following the Lord are great resources as well, in addition to going to church and all those things. But I do think during that time, I really did soak in the word of God so much and just saturated my entire life with it. And I didn't, if anything, I didn't really let a lot of other things get in during that time. Um, like I remember I even started like just journaling, like all throughout work when I was miserable. Um, and I would go through like the entire Bible and just start going through verses and, and, and like arguing with God, like, why is this happening? Like what is happening here? And, um, so honestly, that worked for me. I've never been someone that is for, I used to be like a self-help book or, you know, a quick fix. I 100% was that in college, but I realized, thank the Lord at a young age, that would never fulfill me. Um, and I think our society is so inundated with so much stuff. Like even me, like, yeah, I love a good Instagram. I love a good, you know, trash TV show all the time, but where I get my advice and where I get um, accountability from has changed drastically from when I was back then, because I did that before I would go to podcasts, self-help books, anything and everything just to make me feel better. I just wanted a, a quick fix to feel better. And the Lord brought me to my knees and was like, you need to make me the Lord of your life and you will have peace. But until you make all these other things the Lord of your life, you will constantly be scrambling around until the day you die, trying to find that peace that is just waiting for you right here. And the second I gave my life to the Lord, that's when that happened. And yes, there's been the ups and downs and I still had anxiety. I, I suffered from severe anxiety in college, um, which a lot of people would be like, what? Like you were the SGA president, all this stuff. And I was like, people are fighting such internal battles that you have no idea about. And I think I'm so glad I started being vocal about it because the second I opened my mouth, people in the room were like, me too, me too. Like, so I think during that time to go back to your, a long way to your question is like, I really saturated myself in the word. I, you know, I talked to pastors, I talked to mentors, I talked to therapists, but they were Christian therapists. Um, I talked to, you know, friends that I knew that would give me sound advice and I prayed a lot. And I think looking back, that was, that was really great. And, and yeah, I, again, I talked to people who were older than me and who had, were in the industry, but I think TJ, what you were so key for me was you had the faith and the business background and, you know, I'd go to my pastor, but he dynamics, or I'd go to my friend who, you know, was a missionary, but wouldn't understand, you know, the dynamics and other, you know, people bring different aspects to different areas where you had, you worked on Wall Street, you were grinding, you knew that environment, you were around top CEOs, you were around people that, you know, you had that background mixed with the faith. And I was like, finally, someone that like is on this journey with me, um, 
And I think a lot of people are on that journey. They're just not vocal about it, you know? So like you'll see a CEO or someone, but they won't mention their faith. So I think maybe deep down, once you get to know them, it's there. It's just hard to find someone that's going to vocalize that to you and be like, okay, you know, you, you are trying to seek the same things as me, but also have this entrepreneurial mindset and want to thrive in business. And, um, you know, and that's, that's good. That's a good thing too. Yeah, I think the the big thing that you're talking about here is this intersection of, you know, you were well, let me put take a step back. You were recognizing that the only way, you know, true peace starts with letting go of worship of other things and choosing, Lord, I'm gonna worship you, I'm gonna follow you. We all worship someone or something, by the way, if you're listening. And if that word doesn't make sense to you, worship, you know, that that's that's a word that uh changed my life. And um and when I've had, you know, big screw ups in my life, um, the root of that is worshiping someone or something other than God. And when I've had the biggest unrest in my life, that is the root of that. Um, so you got to recognize y'all, y'all worship someone or something we all do. And the question is, and again, back to what I said earlier, it's not just a one-time thing, but the question that you're asking is like, who or what do I worship? And how is that reflected in my day-to-day life? And it's a practice. It's, it's something that really you have to keep front of mind. Uh, but there is, there is something deeper than an intellectual exercise. When you said, you know, just God brings me to my knees and says, hey, if you really want peace, make me the Lord of your life. Um, and that's a choice you get to make. You know, he's a gentleman in that way. He gives us the choice. But it is, it is a true um, decision that happens in your heart, not just intellectually. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a decision that happens in your heart. And um, so it's a powerful testimony when you're able to go back to that place and say, you know what, I was looking for answers in all these other places, but ultimately God brought me back to him. And then on that journey, though, you know, that's the foundation. Okay, Lord, I give you my life. And on that journey, though, you still experience you know, that years later now, you're in that place at work going, but purpose, direction, fulfillment, still missing. How does all this work? God, I trust you. I believe in you, but something's not clicking. So what was it that maybe in some of our first conversations, because you talk with a bunch of different people, what started clicking for you that wasn't clicking before? I think just a shift in like what I wanted my life to look like long-term. You know, like instead of like looking to these the leaders of my companies and seeing they're just frantically running around and they're, they don't have, they never see their families or there's no peace. And I was like, I don't want that. So we, what do I want? And so I think the shift started happening of like, what is it that I want? And I think the biggest thing was peace. Like we all want peace right? Like people chase money because they think it's going to give them happiness, which gives them peace. But really when you do that, it's not going to fulfill you. But people have been saying this a long time, but everyone, including myself, I heard that to like beaten in my head because I went to church and, you know, in and out of small groups. And I still was like, but I want it, but I want money. And I think the shift just happened of like, you've got especially when you get to a certain point where you're like, okay, I never thought I would get to this point in my career. And then you're like, 
but I feel the same exact that I did when I was making X in the start of my career. So I think that also was a gift to me to realize too, like you're, what are we chasing? Like, what are we, what's the point? I don't know if I'm like answering your question, but like, what is the point of like, where are we going with this? And I was like, I want peace in my life and I want to be able to be an entrepreneur. I want to be able to be a good businesswoman. I want to operate out of integrity in all that I do. I want to follow the Lord and I want people to know that I'm about the Lord and that my company will always be founded on that. And ultimately stuff have while having peace. But I think when you keep the Lord of your life in the center of your life, you will have that peace. But it's when I start start shifting okay, I want to grow my business and I want to do this. And it's not, I didn't ask the Lord what he wanted for my life first. That's when those shifts start to happen where I start to get that anxiety again. I start to fall out of my perspective um, and I start to try to be the Lord of my life again, which we all know never works. So, um, so that's yeah. the key for me. I got a couple of things from that. One is there is intentionality about the person you're becoming. And we talk about this in boot camp often. It's one of the first things you talk about. It's version 2.0 of who you are. And biggest mistakes in my life have happened when I lose sight of who I'm becoming. And, you know, when you choose, you say, Lord, you made me, you in your original design. I was born in a broken world but I'm being restored into my original design. It's a crazy concept. There's an original design God had in mind. We're born in brokenness right now in this world that we live in, but we're being restored into that original design. And so as a part of that restoration process, Libby's talking about the original design is you were made to be a person of peace. And it's the person you're becoming starts above, or the priority is the person you're becoming before what you're having and doing. And so what you're recognizing in just the process, the internal process that you're sharing over the course of those years is there needs to be more intentionality with the person I'm becoming because God gives us a choice. And so when I'm becoming that person of peace and I operate from that place and I'm filtering my decisions through the lens of the person I'm becoming, well, then it's not just about being a top performing realtor. It's about being a person of peace who is in the real estate industry. And how that person engages with those people changes because you're prioritizing the quality of the person that you're becoming. And so now it's like, well, that decision changes because that is not a decision out of a place of peace. That is a decision out of a place of anxiousness. And it's not healthy. It's not the person I'm going to be. Or I'm not going to fulfill every commitment people ask of me because that is not a decision out of the place of peace. And so the practicality of it is very much a factor when it comes to the application of how you live this out. It's not as easy as I wake up, oh, Lord, you're the center of my life. Like I, I sometimes that would be amazing. Lord, I would love that. Yeah. But, <laughs> but there's like a real intentionality. So there's a focus on the person you're becoming and there's an intentionality to align yourself with decisions that are going to uh, align you in, in all areas of your life. And one of the first things that we talked about um, in, in the idea of, well, how do you start being that person was 
we had to address the lowest hanging fruit, the big domino, the thing that's going to help everything else. If you knock it down, it's going to affect everything else in life. And that was health. And we talked about how health has got to be the foundation. It is the foundation. I just put a post up yesterday, something about I've gone through many quiet crises in my life, but I think there's really three things that people can learn from my experiences. One was God provides. Okay, God provides whether to get you through it or get you out of it. He still provides. Uh, number two, and I don't remember what that is. You're going to have to look at the post. And number three is health is your foundation, even for your relationship with the Lord. And this is a big piece that's missing for a lot of people, whether it's in churches, whether it's in a therapy office, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in the workplace, because one, there's a lot of people who are working in toxic work environments, period. And there's a real uh, confusion around priorities. And so that trickles down. Culture's caught, not taught. And so people watch others, like you've been describing this whole time, and they say, that's not for me, or they just buy into it unconsciously. And then they end up kind of confused about why things are not working in their life, why they've lost motivation, purpose, peace, all these things. And it's like, well, health kind of got thrown out the window because there was a lack of clarity around priorities. People didn't model it healthy, you know, how to work well and, uh, and, and how to not strive for, for whatever it is that they were going for. And so then you have a bunch of people following them and then they live and work the same way. And so when we started talking, I remember, okay, so there's clarity around, I, this is, I need to be intentional about the person I'm becoming. Actions are going to have to come into alignment. And you've mentioned the word accountability. So I need some accountability on like, these are the things I say I'm going to do. Let's, let's follow through on that. But, you know, as far as the health journey for you, and even just maybe the first, I don't know, recognition that that would have to be a priority. Was that something that you maybe had reservation about initially, you know, when we started talking about health or was it like, that makes so much sense? I think I've always, like growing up, I played sports, so I was always active, but in college I wasn't, but I was fine. Like I could eat whatever I wanted, do whatever I wanted, you know, and I think it wasn't until my body was just like, we're done here. Um, and it started getting, I was so tired and I couldn't do anything. My brain fog. Um, I think until I had consequences, I didn't realize it had such a huge impact on my life. Um, and now that I am like every day in the process of healing my body, it's insane. Like how you, you wake when I'm the healthiest, you wake up with like a motivation and like excitement about life. That is like, you want to bottle it up because you go through so much of life, like oh, alarm clocks, news, like another day. Like I feel like so many people are just like dragging and I'm, you know, some days I am too, like I'm not perfect all the time, but I think until I tried, I tried everything to be like, health isn't it. Like maybe I can do something else and do this. And like, and it wasn't until I had to start like accountability of being like your consequences of like how many times you go to happy hour a week, what you put in your mouth at lunch, those things now affect me tremendously. And so I have to put up boundaries 
in order for me to be successful. And I think I'm 33 now, I think. Um, so I think at this age, I think people, like we all want to do what we want to do when we want to do it, but then we wonder why we're like dragging all the time. And I think like, if you really want to get your life on track mentally and how much, gosh, how much food impacts your brain, like that's huge. And I think you cannot be successful unless you have your health. I mean, and I, I mean, I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's. I'm certain maybe some people on here have that too. And that devastated me because I was like, something's wrong with me. Like, oh, but my body was just like, we, you know, you're on a course that's not good. And it's not long, you're not going to be here long-term if you continue on that course, nor will you be successful in the things you really want to be successful in like business. Um, and I don't know, I just feel like, I would ask a lot, a lot of people who are like still living that lifestyle. Like, you know, I was just like, how, how much longer can you do it? Like, what, what are you gaining from doing that? And I remember just being like, again, backtrack to like before, like not only in business, but I, I always ask people that are like, they won't get down to the room, but I'll just ask them like, are you happy? Like, are you happy with what you're doing right now? And then they're like, that simple question. A lot of people are like, no. I'm like, okay, well, why, why, are, why do we do it then? Why do we keep doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Um, and so it wasn't until I had real consequences on my health that I think I got serious about my health. And, you know, I wish I did sooner, but, you know, it's hard. Like if you can get away with doing stuff and bare minimum, a lot of us do that. But once you're on the other end of like actually putting in implementing health things during the day that are easy or not, you know, and I'm... I cannot stand complicated diets. I'm not about that. I try them all and I fail within a day because DJ knows I just can't handle that. Um, but there's easy ways to do that. But I think it, it has to be a mindset change too, that you're ready to like do that. And it's a journey. It's not like today I'm going to be healthy for the rest of my life. It's like putting small things in place throughout. And then like you get to a point where like, wow, those things really are adding up and paying off and are easy to implement in my everyday life. Yeah, you named two things that are very key. Uh, number one is you said the word earlier, you said perspective, and then you just said mindset. And this whole journey that you guys are listening to right now is about one thing, which is Libby being transformed by the renewal of her mind. You'll hear her talking about how she once thought a certain way, and now she thinks this way. That is the practical thing that the Bible talks about, Romans 12, 2, of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And when you have this transformation, there's a real process happening. You become aware of something, you accept that something needs to change, you take action on it, and you have accountability. That iteration of awareness, acceptance, action, accountability is what you're hearing throughout this whole story. And it is the process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So that's the first thing that she said. It's about mindset and it's about a perspective and that process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind, which changes your decisions. And the second thing that she said is recognizing in that perspective change that it is a journey, something that really sticks, uh, sticks out with me, a memory of something somebody said. Um, <clears throat> but it, it's, you can't change 10 years of poor lifestyle decisions overnight. You, you can't. And you can't change 10 years of poor lifestyle decisions, even in 
10 days or 10 weeks or even for some people 10 months or even 10 years. But the good news is your body wants to heal. Our bodies are designed to heal. They're designed to recover. What people don't understand is that they need to do the things that are going to help their body recover, to help their body heal. And so, Libby, I remember just even in some of our conversations, you know, it's funny because you said what drew, you know, you to to some of our conversations initially was the faith and business together. But what you didn't know is that we'd start with health as a foundation because that's going to be the domino for everything else. So as soon as you get clear on the vision of the person you're becoming, I'm becoming this person of peace. Okay, great. Well, guess what? We have a spirit, soul, and body. And our body needs to be functioning somewhat properly for us to even have any practical peace. Now, of course, God can intervene, but, you know, there's something called like the law of gravity. It's here to give us some predictability so that we're not just going through life wondering if we're going to be able to put our foot on the ground the next day when we wake up. The same is true with our bodies. We are given a body with a particular design that gives us some predictability of, oh yeah, when I eat, I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. Like that's what happens. This is how my body functions. Oh yeah. When I sleep, there are things that are happening naturally that are even for our mindset, washing away toxic proteins when I get quality sleep. And that is washing away toxic thinking because thoughts are actually proteins in our brain. Crazy. God's done this. All we got to do is just kind of follow the principles of his design of how we're made to live. And it's amazing that our bodies function properly. They recover, they heal, they get healthy. But we have to, especially in our world today, we have to prioritize it and have, back to that word earlier, intentionality. We have to have intentionality. And so what Libby's sharing is, you know, the mindset is really key and putting yourself on the on the path of a journey, not just like a one night, one day, one week, one month, one year thing, putting yourself on the mindset of this is a journey and it's going to be a commitment. And each day I can do small things that I can do consistently so that I can see confidence grow, momentum build, and then continue. And guess what? It might not be perfect. So Libby, you know, just on your journey, as you're thinking about things that maybe have gone well, have you seen any regression on the journey? Have you seen any moments where it's like, you know, I was going up, up, and and things were going great. And then, you know, things kind of came back down and I was a little discouraged. Has that happened? I mean, all the time. I think in the beginning, I thought I could do like bare minimum too. Like I would work out here and there and, and then, you know, eat whatever I wanted and then be like, gosh, why do I feel bad? Um, and it got to a certain point where I would like, and then I'd get healthy for a week and then I'd regress. But I think it, with time, I've realized like, again, it's not fun to be in that place. So not prioritizing my health is not fun <laughs> um, because there's real consequences to that now. It's not like I just, you know, a few hours in the morning don't feel good. It's like, I can't like function all day. Like my brain is just like foggy. So I think I've gotten to the point of finding like core power yoga, which is an actual workout, which you were like, you have to like it. Cause I would go through like all these different, you know, in Arlington, you have like 75 different places you can work out, which makes it even harder to choose like what you want to do. 
but find something you really enjoy because you'll do it or like start small, like go on a walk. Like I would look at my, I like walk 300 steps today and it's like, oh my gosh. So like even just little things like that, I think I've realized like it's triggered me, you know, at night to be like, okay, what did I do today? And if I didn't, I know that where that feeling's coming from. It's because I didn't eat well or I didn't work out. So now I prioritize those things more because there are real consequences. Um, and I just, you know, you feel so much better. And again, it all comes back to peace. When I yep. eat, when I'm not working out, I get anxiety. You know, if I have, you know, drink for five days straight, I'm going to have anxiety. So it's like A plus B equals C. I mean, you know the answer to how to fix it. Um, but that's hard. I mean, especially me, I get it. Like, cause you know, I love to have fun. I'm a social, you know, butterfly. So I get it, but I've had to put up boundaries of like people, someone wants to get a drink with me every night of the week. I have to say no, you know, I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do that. You know, let's do coffee or so, you know, there's a time and place for everything, but I think, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. And until you actually get serious about accountability in your life of other people telling you, Hey, Libby, you said you were going to work out five times a week. But again, like even that, like if someone's going to nag you, you're not going to do it. So like you have to want to do it and see the benefit of it. And I'm seeing the benefit of working out, you know, five times a week at least. And if I don't, I see the consequence and I'm like, dang, like this sucks. So I want to be motivated to do it. Um, but find something you enjoy because then you will do it. And again, like, you know, if you don't like heavy lifting, then don't go to a heavy lifting gym, like find another workout that you, you like. Um, so, and the, and the, and the key here is like, you're recognizing, and this is important, not just for health. It's just the whole uh, spectrum yeah. of what we're talking about is, you have to recognize the consequence and you have to recognize the benefit. And most people haven't one recognized the consequence, whether it's health or other things. And, and I've, I've lived this, I understand this fully. And so therefore they just continue doing what they're doing until you fully recognize the consequence of this is a consequence of these thought patterns. This is the consequence of not prioritizing being intentional with my health. This is the consequence of not having boundaries. These are the ways that it's showing up in my life. And when I do it, when I actually have intentionality with health, have intentionality with boundaries, have intentionality with my thought life, actually, this is the benefit. And the, the consequence has to be a reality, but the benefit has to be so good that you're willing to just say, I'm going to suck it up because the benefit is way better than the consequence or the, than the the short-term satisfaction of what then would lead to this really unhealthy consequence in my life. And so the recognition of those two things, if you're listening, you know, I would ask you, have you realized, like Libby is describing, have you had that wake-up call to recognize the consequence of not prioritizing health, having intentionality around that, and um, even your boundaries with schedule and people and your thought life? These are things that are really key, a part of the whole journey that you know, when people start, for example, boot camp, these are the these are the keys that we're looking at because it's a common pattern or a common theme of ways that people get derailed in life. And when you start with those simple things, with the basics, you'll really start to see there's small things that make a big difference. Small things make a big difference. But like Libby said, it has to be your choice. And one of the ways you can start to make that choice is, is first recognizing, wow, this, these are the consequences. And most people don't because they have what are called blind spots. 
things that they don't fully understand are affecting them, causing dysfunction. Libby's example was, I didn't necessarily see how consequential my health decisions or my daily decisions were to my health until my body test results come back and my body says, hey, I don't like this. I don't like this and you can't keep doing this if you're going to be healthy, have energy, be motivated, and even sustain a legacy that God wants to give you in your life. Really important things. Libby, I'm, I just a couple of questions we're finishing out. Um, I'm curious what, you know, you'd been an athlete, you'd worked with coaches, and I know what kind of our working relationship has been not like that, but it's the idea of I've had coaching in my life. And I'm just curious what was like, you know, you had pastors in your life, mentors in your life, all these others. What was a big reservation for you when it came to even uh, making a decision for us starting to work together years ago? I think, and you mentioned this, like when you start, when people start talking about themselves or being vulnerable about issues they're facing, you start to be like, what's going on in this deep end? Like what's happening? And I think people, our culture is getting better about talking about it because I think more people are realizing they're hurting. Um, but I and think you're talking about when I was going through, you're talking about when I was going through awakening, my, my awakening and starting to share more of that journey. Like, Hey, this is what's going on in my head, my heart, all these things online. Right. Before I had the awakening that I needed someone, but I think like a lot of people are like, they don't prioritize their themselves. Like everyone they'll go to like one talk about, you know, time management or something like that. And they'll think like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy a little planner and be the best time manager on the earth. And it's like, that's not how life works. And like, you have to want to put in the work. And so I think like, I don't know, like explain your question again. Sorry, I'm off topic. Yeah. Well, I, I think you got two things in there that I'm pulling out, but yeah, the question was, what was the big reservation Oh, when, wow. yeah, when we, before we started even working, before we got reconnected and you're like, Hey TJ, what, what are you doing? Um, like what was a big reservation for you before that conversation? Yeah. I think it, it comes down to like not making yourself a priority and like not making, you know, your personal journey a priority. I think like we, like put work ahead of everything and we're like, well, I don't have time to focus on myself because I have this job that takes up X time. But what you don't realize is you can't do that job unless you prioritize yourself. So, and if you don't realize that now, you will realize it at one point. So like, it's just a matter of time. Um, and if the people that you see there grinding that say they're happy, like really sit them down. And I, I'm not sure that's the case. Maybe they are. I don't know. But I think, yeah, I think the reservation was like, coaching is always like, what? Like, I don't need that. Like, you know, even therapy, some people are weird about, but at least they're like, well, therapy, I get like, that's something that's a profession, but like coaching, no way. But to have someone in your life that's outside of your circle, you know, it's great that you're not like my best friend in here and like, or my boss or my brother, you know, someone outside of your the circle that you are in all the time is also really, really important to help you with truth and help you, you know, just talk through things. I mean, there's a reason why therapy works. It's because 
we get in our heads. Like we are, we're so in our heads that Satan loves that. He loves when we keep it to ourselves. And I think people just, once you talk about it, you're like, okay, great. Like, you're right. That's not true about me. That's not true. So I think I had reservations. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I think coaching was something that was never really a thing that I heard about. Or like, if I heard coaching, I heard like Tony Robbins and I was like, I'm not going to some conference center and jumping up and down with like streamers and being like, yeah, I mean, if Tony Robbins works for you, great. But like, that's what I saw as like a big seminar coaching session. And again, I've been, I've sat in those things. I've sat because of like, I was in corporate America. So we'd have these team building exercise and I always left there. Like I either knew that or like, that just was not deep enough. Like it touched the surface, but it wasn't like, you know, it didn't really get to the root of the issue. Um, so I think that's, again, I'm saying why I love coaching, but I did have some reservations at first because I thought it was like something I didn't really need. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, you're hitting on a couple of things here. I'm going to bring up a, a question from Elsa, which is a great question here in a second, but you're hitting on a couple of things, which is, well, one, is this going to be just another therapy kind of thing where I'm sitting in my feelings and not really moving forward. And two, if it's a coaching. Said, you're like, I'm not a therapist. I was like, so, okay, got it. Yeah. I'm not a therapist. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Two, two is, um, Two, and I'm very confident about that. Two is um, is the idea that, well, maybe if it's not the therapy thing, maybe it doesn't go deep enough and it's just this time management, get your book planner and let's just do these, you know, one, two, three exercise and boom, you're out of here. And, and then three is, well, you know, if it's not A or B and I don't have context for C, what the heck is it? And, um, you know, it's super funny because I, I don't really have a good way to describe it still to this day, seven years later. But um, I, I will say that I will say that there's there's an element of mindset, strategy and tactics that need to stay in balance that that people need for for them to succeed. And you can't just approach things on the surface level, change your habits, change your life, because honestly, at the root of people's difficulty, um, our, our core beliefs are things that actually spiritually are lies. They believed bondage. Um, there's a lot of supernatural underlying all of these things that keep people stuck doing certain things, patterns that they live in. Sometimes it's generational. Sometimes it's doors they've opened themselves and you do have to get to the root to change the fruit. Um, Things that I thought in my life, man, I thought I'd gotten to the root of so much because I've been through this inner healing deliverance, uh, done coaching, I've done the counseling for years, I've done all these things. And then I realized even this year, I was like, whoa, there's this root over here that never really got addressed and had to get pulled up. And it was not, it, it was painful and it was difficult and God made it happen. But it was, you know, there's always something is what I'm trying to say. We're in that process of growing, healing, changing and growing. And I think we all need those those people who are on the journey with us, mm -hmm. just in different capacities, you know. And um, for some people, coaching is a thing that is really beneficial because uh, it's a different capacity than what they've ever had, and whatever they've had isn't really working. And so that is kind of how I would summarize that. I have a question here from Elsa though, because I think this hits home at at what you were describing, 
as um, maybe one of your own reservations, which was not even like coaching itself. It was your own reservation of, can I do this for myself? And um, she's sharing saying, I find it hard sometimes to balance the need to make yourself a priority and the feeling of being self-absorbed. A lot of people have this one. Okay. Especially because the people we're attracting, people watching, listening are they're givers. They give of themselves. They're generous. So it's the idea of like, am I selfish if I'm prioritizing myself? Is this a feeling you've had Libby or not at all? Definitely a feeling. Um, I would say it comes in seasons though. And I, if you're not healthy, you're not going to be a good giver either. Um, and so I feel like I was it also in a point in my life in 2018, I was living a young life. I was, I was doing all the things and like leading Bible studies and, and everyone was like, I had a, a mentor be like, I think you need to let go of some things. And so I think because I wasn't being the best version of myself, because I was doing, giving so much of myself to other people, but not getting poured in. So I think seasons of my life where I know that I'm not going to be a good giver by, so I need to focus more on myself. And then there's other seasons where I'm, I feel really great. And I, you know, I'm in tune with the Lord to tell me like where I need to be giving and where I shouldn't be. Um, I think a lot of it has to come down to like praying. I was talking to my coworker the other day about this actually, because we were like, there's such a balance of like not being someone's savior because they need to find the Lord, but also being there for them. And I think, again, I think it comes down to asking God the places in your life that need healing, because if those places heal, your giving will overflow. Um, and so I don't think it's selfish to focus on yourself. Um, you know, I think, again, there's seasons for different things and, and the Lord wants to heal you in ways that you you may need healing. And then then you can feel the need, you know, to give as much as you can. I mean, I, and I think people that have that mindset, you're probably already giving a lot more than you are tallying because you're so focused on giving, if that makes sense. You know, I think we're, people are like, oh, we can't do this because it's not... But if you're thinking that way, I have a feeling you're giving a lot more and not being as self-absorbed as you think by spending time for yourself. And a lot of this stuff is when you wake up, health stuff, like doing behind closed doors that you're not around and you don't have the opportunity to give all the time. Um, so I, I hope that answered your question. I think there's definitely a healthy sense of checking yourself when it comes to you know, am I being self-absorbed or am I just prioritizing myself? But I would say this, if I add on to what Libby is suggesting, it's understand your propensity. If your propensity is to give and give and give and give and give, okay, and Elsa says, yes, thank you. Yeah, if your propensity is to give and give and give and give, then recognize you might need to bring some intentionality to prioritizing yourself. If prioritizing yourself is your propensity, then you might need to bring some intentionality to giving of yourself a little bit more often. But what people don't really have awareness around, again, back to the consequence, is like, well, what's the consequence of living a boundaryless life? Pretty significant. But you probably have some blind spots that you aren't able to see because you can't read the label from the inside of the jar. And that's where getting perspective, having people who've been on that journey around you 
saying, Hey, I've seen this before. Let's, uh, let me ask you some questions. See if you see what I see. That's where that can be really beneficial because once you get that aha moment, you start to see, okay, maybe I need to change something. And then you're able to start making the shifts necessary to change and experience the difference of change. And you go, wow, I can't believe I've lived my life any other way. You know, one description I've used in the past or one story is going to the chiropractor for the first time. And I remember walking out of there and, you know, I played sports most of my life. And so I, and physical contact sports, so my spine was probably all out of whack, but I go to the chiropractor for the first time and it was after my dad died and I would just been, um, it might've been before, but there was a, it was a, during that time where I was super difficult, emotional stuff, uh, being stored up in my body from years past that I didn't realize. And then it was all coming to the surface at that time. Anyway, I walk out of there and I remember feeling like a complete shift in everything in me. And I, I remember thinking to myself, and I could go in on, you know, maybe some awareness around chiropractic care and wait, maybe places you don't go for that spiritual background anyway. But I remember leaving there, I'm talking pure functional chiropractic care, adjusting your spine. And I remember leaving that going, I cannot believe I lived so misaligned for so much of my life. This feels amazing. How could I have lived any other way? And I think most people, if you're asking the question, am I too self-absorbed if I prioritize myself? You're probably not prioritizing yourself enough. Just, just fact, like you're probably not. And you might have to experiment to test that, to see if actually you've been living in a misaligned kind of state where, you know, your way of thinking is, is, is not aligned with God's way of thinking, even about you. And therefore, uh, your body's telling you because your health is suffering, your relationships are telling you, uh, your career is telling you. I mean, you can look at all these different things in your life, and Libby's alluded to them in different ways today, but you can look at all these different things in your life and you can see them as problems or you can see them as signals, right? And Libby's talked about it with her health. My body was telling me something. My body was telling me something. It was a signal. It is not a conclusion, right? And we can look at these things in our lives. Maybe the example of Libby's story today, hey, you know, I got a raise and then I got let go. And then and this was confusing, but it was a signal. The Lord was telling me something, using that situation to tell me something. And from that place, over the course of years, she's able to make changes, not just to how she lives her life, but primarily the first thing, which is her perspective about her life, and allowing the Lord to come in and start that, or I'd say continue that process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So yeah, just just some little nuggets for you guys. Libby, I'm curious, if you were to kind of think back over the last, I don't know, like four years or so, if you were to think back, and before we end, guys, if you have any more questions, feel free to post those in the chat. Um, but if you were to think back and think about maybe like three measurable things you've seen change as you've been going through that process of being transformed by the renewing of your mind from burned out and empty to, to thriving internally at peace and, and navigating that journey, understanding it's not a straight line. It is very much up and down, but largely upward trajectory. What are like three, one, two, three things that you've seen change as a result of some of the changes you've made? 
I think mentally, um, I was living an anxiety level of like here all the time. Um, and now I live here, but I have peaks of those anxiety, but I, there's signals for me now that something's off. Um, so I would say, I mean, I live in incredible more peace and more stability than I ever have in my life. And I don't, I, I feel like, I, get, I mean, I work in real estate too. So every day I'm like hit with different brilliant perspectives about life. But I think I've callous to, I'm still like empathetic. I'm not hard, but I do think I'm just less, what's that word? Permeable. I never was good at like English. Um, you know, like I, I'm less, I don't let things absorb as much as I would um, before. Like someone would say something and it would, it would linger with me all day. Um, and now I'm like, okay, like, that's cool that you think that way. And, and I'm not perfect. Like, of course, I'm, I'm not a robot. Things hurt my feelings. But so don't be mean to me. Just kidding. Um, but I would say like that, especially my mental state, I didn't realize how much anxiety I was living with on a daily basis um, until I got more healthy. And I'm like, and I realized like, you know, I'd tell TJ, I'm like, I forgot, I've forgotten to take my medicine for like a year. <laughs> like, that's a good sign that I don't really have that anxiety anymore. So, and there's different seasons in my life that are, are different, but, and I think just consistency. I, I mean, my life is, I am the least consistent person you would ever meet seven years ago. Like I'm the type of person that if someone came to my door and was like, let's go run a mile and then let's go to a bar. And then, and then someone called me and was like, let's just, I'd say yes to everything. Like I was just like, you know, flapping my wings all over doing whatever. And there was a certain point in my life where I could get, do that and be relatively fine. But as I've gotten older, you just can't. And so I think I know when I wake up, like I have to do X, Y, and Z. I have to work out. I have to, if I have something throughout the day, that's going to take up my energy. I need to block off the other, like other parts of my day. And some days I can do all of it, you know, but I think I just have more consistency and control over my schedule and my feelings because I know what I need and what I don't need. Um, and I know when to say no. I think like a lot of people get, or like can't say no. And I, and I'm, I'm getting very good at it, maybe too good. Um, I don't know. So like another thing that's shifted, is that what you're looking for? Like since 2017? Yeah. So you've, you've yeah. Since so just, just in that journey, you've, you've really talked about being, having more authority over your mind. Things aren't affecting you as much and there's practical peace in your life. Consistency. I've got a weird hand thing going on here because I'm trying not to consistency. Uh, number, <laughs> uh, consistency over, you know, how you're addressing your day, your priorities. Sounds like there's better management of how you handle yourself, how you handle, um, different things that are going on in your life and being able to manage that. I'll put this up because uh, just give a quick shout out to you, Libby. Oh, you're the best, Kelsey. And number three, if you're thinking about a measurable change over the last several years, 
Um, what's the what's the last thing you'd say has been a measurable measurable change? I think I mean inflammation in my body is definitely measurable. Um, yeah, that is that is absolutely. I mean, even just quickly blood work, like hey, come on, like that that's amazing. The change had amazing. And I look just back at pictures and like my face, like everything. I just look so like not there. Like it, it just wasn't. It wasn't good. I think. And again, and I think. I'd act to like, I have such more like peace, um, and I, and freedom. And I think I looked back at our, our, uh, call notes from 2018 the other day and I started crying because it was like, it was based, it, I literally said, all I want is freedom. Like I feel so trapped in everything that I'm doing in my job and everything. Like I'm just letting everyone around me dictate my life and I can't, let it go. Like, it's just all consuming. And I feel like measurable, like I do have freedom. I mean, you can't like say like a plus B, but if I woke up every day and tracked like my anxiety and where my mental state was every day, I mean, it would be light years difference from back in 2018. And again, I didn't know how much I was harboring until I did get healthier. And I don't think a lot of people will understand like what you're saying about like, wow, I don't know how I've lived like this for so long, but you don't experience that until you like even 10 days of like, happiness. if you like, you're like, wow, I can't believe I don't live like this every day. Like I have been missing out on so much, but you have to put in the work to experience that, to understand where you are currently. Um, it's like you said, there's a lot of blind spots. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of mine is, is like mental clarity and just, I, I had said I had panic attacks in college. Like I was like far end of the spectrum of like very, very anxious human being. And I thought I was never going to get out of that and find healing in it. And I remember my therapist, the first day walked in, the best thing she ever said to me was anxiety is very curable. So if anyone has anxiety out there, you're not alone. And it's very, very curable. That is major key major key recognizing that our body does want to heal that the state that we're in doesn't have to be the state that a conclusion for the rest of our lives right recognizing that there's hope Um, and i would even just add this for anybody who's it doesn't matter whether it's anxiety or anything else i I know somebody else the really bad hip impingement first doctor they went to see basically no faith no hope strictly by the facts of what they know which by the way is limited Right. I don't care what kind of doctor you are because God has a way different perspective on the world than what we do in our own little world. And one of the first things they were told was like, dude, you know, you're going to be this by this age. You're never going to do this, blah, 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 blah. And if you're ever having an encounter with anybody who ever tells you those things, whether it's in the medical field, whether it's in a therapy office, whether it's a coach, whether it's a friend, a mentor, whatever. I would say the first thing is check yourself because if you're allowing them to be the first and last authority in your life, you're worshiping somebody over God. And so, you know, you got to really ask for the Lord's input on those things in your life. And I'll even just share a quick testimony myself. I was going through a health issue about a year ago, something that I thought would affect having kids, all of this. And it was an old injury from years ago that already known what it was, but I was like, oh, this, 
this could really impact me. Um, and I, you know, just a number of reasons didn't want to address it. And, um, I remember the Lord, uh, I just, before, which was a big for me at them. Um, I remember the Lord, I just sat with him. It was like 2 AM and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to know what a doctor is going to tell me. I want to know what's going on inside me. I want you to tell me. And literally pulled up scripture. I have to look it up. I don't have it off the top of my mind, but I just pulled up scripture out of like, didn't, didn't know what I was opening up to when I was, you know, opening up my Bible. And it, and it said essentially that the body is wasting away, but inwardly we're being renewed day by day. And that gave me such peace that it didn't matter what anybody said to me. The Lord spoke to me. He showed me what was going on and it didn't matter. Praise God. Thank God. Like things. Okay. But I didn't need to have an opinion for me to feel okay. I had the Lord's input and that's what, that's what did it. Right. So I think even just, you know, whether it happens to somebody sitting across the table from you or it happens, you just with the Lord saying, Hey, I want you to speak to me. If you're that person right now, and if that's, you know, something that's on your mind, um, just know that his, his voice in your life. And I think if there's a theme throughout this whole conversation, his voice in your life has to be top priority. And, um, and Libby, I appreciate you so much for sharing and authentic and vulnerable. I've just left a coming up here for people. If you want to learn more about, um, private coaching and it is faith-based, obviously just through this whole conversation, you'd realize that, but, um, you can get, uh, there's some case studies on my website, so you can sign up for those and, uh, and you can connect with me if you're ever interested. We have boot camps starting again in 2023. So we're reserving those spots now. But, um, but Libby, like incredible testimonies, not just testimony, incredible testimonies within your story today. Um, last thing before, before we go, anything that you would like to share if somebody is leaving here with one takeaway, one thing um, that they could take from your story? Nothing is worth your peace. So I, you taught me that, TJ. And you should, one, definitely do TJ's coaching. He didn't tell me to say this, but... Um, he, it's, it's changed my life. I wouldn't be where I am today without him pointing me to truth and just your God is using you in incredible, incredible ways to change, change the world for the better. So I'm so thankful that you, you crossed my path. Um, yeah, I would say nothing's worth peace and, and if happy doing what you're doing now, I think, um, if it's not working, then something has to change and it's not going to change overnight. So um, you know, God has so much more for your life. And I'm a living proof of that. I didn't let one or two instances in my life hold me back from a huge world of life out there that God has for us. He's so much more powerful than a boss or a job or a sickness or anything that you are going to encounter. And once you see that, I mean, the world is, is a big place that God's ready to tackle with you. So, um, thanks for listening and DJ, thanks for having me. You're, you're incredible. You can reach out to Libby. You can find her on social media. If you're doing real estate in Northern Virginia, Maryland, or you can definitely reach out to her. Um, Libby Bish, she's got, uh, just some very helpful educational content, but she's also hilarious. So, um, quiet side hustle. She's a stand up comedian on Instagram on the 
aside and uh, you will enjoy having her on your feed. But uh, Libby, thanks so much. And guys, we'll, uh, we'll see you next time.